0: Visit denalicanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash free. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others. To grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years. And that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm You member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Heather Grove of Fleet Farming to talk about her experience with growing food in donated lawns. Heather co-created Stetson University's Garden and Farmers Market and served as the founding community director of Orlando's East End Market. After interning with the USDA researching food systems in Central Florida and abroad, Heather returned to her hometown to help build Orlando's local food system in 2011, where she helped bring fleet farming to life. She now works on sustainable agriculture and rural development projects abroad while consulting new branches of fleet farming around the world. Welcome to the show today, Heather.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now?
2: For sure. So I am pretty much in college. I started to take interest in growing food and Mm -hmm. local food systems um, because I was volunteering with an agroforestry organization in Guatemala. I had the opportunity to go and work there for a little bit and seeing, you know, just the impact that food systems can have on not only these communities, but especially women. Uh um, It it was really empowering and so I decided to come back and with two friends, that's in University in Deland Florida we started our university's community garden and wow. first local farmers market mm-hmm. which has now become the city's local farmers market and it's oh, grown into cool. and this big event downtown which you know originally started on campus and was really small just you know a few vendors mm-hmm. and Um, So yeah, so from there, I graduated in 2011, and I helped co-found Easton Market, which is in Orlando, Florida. It's our first public market and local food hub. So it has vendor stalls for um, incubating local food businesses. Mm -hmm. It has an incubator kitchen, a community space uh, where we host events and partner with all different types of groups in the community. And it's actually where we hosted the first event, which was called The Hive. And it's run by a nonprofit called Ideas for Us, which uh-huh. is international, but based out of Orlando, Florida. And there, um, The Hive is a think and do tank fo- focused on sustainability and the five pillars of food, waste, energy, ecology. And I always forget the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. And yeah, you know, that other one. Oh, yeah, um, exactly. And so, yeah, so there we were talking about how do we localize food systems? Mm -hmm. And and it just so happened that this idea of localizing food systems by converting people's lawns to farms and then using bikes to travel from farmlet to farmlet um, Mm. to take care of the the plots and harvest and maintain, but then also using volunteer power Uh to maintain the plot so at this event we kind of piloted this idea and we converted three lawns in the local neighborhood into farmlets and from there that was back in 2013 Uh and now we have 15 plots in Orlando and um, the program has become what we call fleet farming and we also have a branch in Oakland, California and Kampali, Uganda and we're quickly spreading... Um, yeah, so it's it's become this really crazy journey from what I thought would just be. Work- <laughs> I've worked with the USDA as a and the, the Natural Resource Conservation Service to all different types of things. My my experience in the local food system has really been very broad, and <laughs> I've experienced a lot of different things. But the way I came about starting fleet farming was uh, very special and definitely wouldn't have happened without the partnerships that I built in the community back in Orlando.
0: So So, it's it's also long
2: story short. (laughs) That's
0: okay. It's also very global. Um, I, I think I hear chickens in the background. Do I not?
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, I'm actually in Bali right now. And a part of this year I'm, I'm exploring and learning a lot about different sustainable farming methods throughout Southeast Asia and hopefully getting to work on some projects. I was working in Northwest uh, Thailand for a while with Burmese refugees on a sustainable ag project. So yeah, I'm it's been a fun year and being able to take all I've learned through fleet farming to other places and continue yeah. to do that throughout the next couple of years. So.
0: Yeah. So did you, did you go to Oakland, California and start the fleet farming thing or did somebody there decide? Yes.
2: So I've been there, but somebody there who's actually uh, one of the board members of Ideas for Us actually started the second chapter of Fleet Farming there. And they are doing an amazing job. They actually are about to surpass Orlando's square footage in terms of growing space.
0: Nice. kind of like this
2: friendly competition now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Which chapter
2: is growing more? Yeah, so they're about to surpass us. But um, yeah, and we actually... We have had, we've, we started a toolkit. So I I helped write a a toolkit on how to start fleet farming in your own neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. we've sold over 45 of those toolkits in the last just year. And so now one of my roles is helping all these different cities start chapters of their own. Uh And so uh, we are also are starting a franchising toolkit and that'll be coming out just within a couple months and helping people to really start the branding because you know it's taken us 3 years to really nail down a lot of the little the little you know technicalities of spreadsheets of how mm-hmm. to track your sales and how to track your crop plans and right stickers and marketing materials and everything from email sign up sheets to how to take care you know integrated pest management
1: tips right. and
2: Um, There's a lot that goes into fleet farming that, you know, it just it took some time recording every little step. But that is so valuable. And just within the first two years, being able to track everything that we did, we wanted to be able to share that with other people that wanted to start similar programs. So instead of having to recreate this all from scratch, um, we provide that all in the toolkit. So we have a Google Drive folder that people can download and and edit as they wish but um yeah so that that franchising toolkit will be coming out within a couple months
0: wow what what is the thought process that got you to the point of franchising this thing
2: well you know um we never really in the beginning aimed to franchise in the beginning it was like well we we just want people to be growing food and lawns that's all we want yeah (laughs) But we soon realized that there's a lot of value in keeping the name of fleet farming because um, just within the last couple of months we've had so much press and it's been amazing. It's kind of funny how you know one one uh, outlet picks you up and yep. it's like this crazy wildfire that spreads. And so you know just to keep the integrity of fleet farming going, we want to be able to provide that to other people. And I think it's really important that we're 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 more than just an urban farming organization there's a lot more that goes into it we're a nonprofit, and so um our main goal is educating people how to grow food and um we recently just received a grant actually this past week for it's called um playground city and you can go to playgroundcity.org and this is a new model of education that's based on Badges. So instead of getting a degree in something, you get a digital backpack where um, you can develop badges, you know, whether it's for everything from surfing to farming, you know. Hmm. And so we're developing a badge for urban farming. And that's something that we're really focused on is educating people how to farm. And what I think some of the other urban farming programs are missing is this aspect of how to effectively educate while you are running a business because we are a business and we have three employees that we currently, um, we have a farm manager, our program coordinator, and also our um, farm installation manager. And so with, with those three positions, you know, it's a lot to pay three people. (laughs) You you have to grow a lot of food to pay three people. So, you know, but But the other important part is just education and making sure that we're fulfilling those goals as a nonprofit. And so um, the whole reason we decided to franchise instead of just like, you know, open sourcing our information Uh and allowing anybody to go out and start a similar program with a different name was because we wanted to really make sure that people were learning how to grow food and learning how to grow food in their own lawns and what to do with it and yeah. so on so yeah
0: for these homeowners that are doing this
2: yeah so to give a, a little you know about fleet farming uh-huh. um there's always a ton more information at fleetfarming.com but we have the program is based on people anybody from pretty much a three-mile radius donating their lawn typically it's a front lawn Mm -hmm. and it hasn't been treated with pesticides or any type of chemical uh, fertilizers any herbicides over the past three years Uh they can donate that space and then we go in solarize till it and put in a farmlet using the SPIN model, which is the small
1: pot-intensive
2: uh-huh. farming model. Nice. And we work closely with them. We're about to be on a webinar or, uh, later this week with them as well. So wow. um, we, we're really transparent about our numbers and want to help share all that we've learned through this process. So we'll be talking about our um, income and making it profitable, this this you know urban farming program. So from there, people donate their space and they get to harvest as much as they'd like for their their own use their family's use which typically isn't more than 10 percent of what we grow in their yard Mm -hmm. um and those farmlets typically range from about 500 to a thousand square feet Uh and then there's so much potential for it to be different as well so other chapters like the one in oakland california they actually farm on a community garden space that had empty plots Mm -hmm. um We also have a church that donated about 3,000 square feet, and there's a lot of different potential ways to use a D space that's, you know, underutilized. So that's how that works. And then from there, we grow mainly greens, salad greens, because they're high-value crops and we're able to cut and come again and harvest and harvest and harvest up Mm -hmm. to almost even five times um, and get as much value as we can from the crop. So there, once we've harvested everything, we sell in Orlando to about three chefs, local chefs. We sell at a local farmer's market and then to a local produce shop. Um, Nice. And then in California, Oakland, they're starting, they sell to six chefs and then also to a, uh, like a co-op situation, like a, just a local food Uh co-op. And in in Kampala, Uganda, they're... And they have an interesting program where they're actually creating, they've totally invented this, it's a, a vertical growing system that kind of looks like a pyramid where you put compost in the center.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, they're teaching people how to grow those things, grow that at their own homes.
1: Oh, and nice. from there,
2: yeah, so they are very urban in Kampala, so it's, it's totally adapted to their own area. And yeah. so... There, they sell locally to restaurants and stuff as well. And, but, but it's primarily for the own homeowner's usage. Yeah. So it's a little different everywhere it goes. And yeah. that's the beauty of fleet farming, I think.
0: So it sounds to me like fleet farming has a model, but then you encourage the people that are fleet farmers to innovate. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. With all yeah. kinds of cool, different innovative yeah. things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Wow, yeah. so how is this different from a community garden?
2: You know, it's funny because in the beginning, um, one of the, the reasons we started Fleet Farming was because our local community garden had run out of space, and there were a lot of people in the community mm. that wanted a plot, Yep. but it was excluding a lot of people. So Fleet Farming is a really cool way to still have a communal feel, and I think that's probably uh, one of the most unexpected parts for me i didn't realize the sense of community that fleet farming was going to create um Mm, but we host events twice a month or every other sunday called the swarm ride and anybody is invited out and they join us on bicycles because this whole program like i said is bike powered we have trailers that hook up to our bikes Mm. and we put our tools and bins Mm -hmm. that we put all of our harvested greens in, um, and travel from plot to plot. So anybody's invited out, and then we go typically to, like, three to five plots, and people are able to experience farming and learn with us, whether we're tilling that day or spreading compost or seeding, harvesting. Whatever we're working on that day, people are able to partake in. And so it's a really – it's an interesting concept because instead of having one community garden plot, we're actually, like, a distributed – Agriculture model of uh, like a distributed community garden yeah. across, yeah. and it's it's a, a genuine community garden because these homeowners from the community are giving up their plots and their land to educate their own community and just seeing this you know familiar faces coming out <laughs> week after weekend. Nice. Um, it it's really created a really great group of people, not only in Orlando but so far in all of our branches that are genuinely interested in learning how to grow food. So I think that, you know, one of the biggest differences just from a one-plot community garden is that it opens it up to anyone.
0: Yeah. Even
2: if they don't grow their own food themselves, they're still able to come out and learn.
0: Tell me about... So this was an idea that you and a couple of friends had, but there's a lot more energy behind it now. Tell me about that energy.
2: Yeah, yeah so um, it's so special in Orlando because we have a really great community in Audubon Park, Florida. There's the East End Market, which has kind of become the hub for local food. Um and right now they're actually just wrapping up their Florida Local Food Conference. And yeah, they're just a great hub for all things local food. And mm-hmm. so there we have this incubator kitchen where we're able to trade time and process all of our greens there. They also have a market garden that we Farm and grow food, you know, for the, the market as well. So, at Easton Market, there's a nonprofit called Ideas for Us. It's international, and they hosted an event there called the Hive. And so, Ideas for Us is our sponsor organization, and they have all different types of solutions, environmental solutions, mm-hmm. um, from clean water projects to this whole Playground City that I was talking about with the badges and a whole new way of education system pretty much. Um, but yeah, so it's a really interesting community because not only is fleet farming based, uh, you know, through people's houses, but we have Easton market and then the Audubon park community market, which is a a local farmer's market. The only local, all local farmers market, Uh which is audited and, um, really screened actually in Orlando so yeah it's become it's a really interesting community partnership just between a bunch of organizations but Ideas for Us has really taken the lead in making this a really successful uh, program
0: yeah and it's really got a life of its own it sounds like
2: yeah it's a beast for sure (laughs)
0: sweet so I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed how you overcame yeah. that failure and what you might have learned from it.
2: Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest failures in terms of just farming in general is patience. You know, we all just wanna see everything grow so fast mm-hmm. and, you know, get things in the ground and it's um it's been two and a half years since we started and that's an incredible short term period <laughs> to already be profitable oh, yeah. to have three employees um, so in a lot of ways it's a success but I would say uh, personally I've, I've had a, f- a couple failures in the beginning just in terms of you know not being patient and being forgiving with yourself and yeah. all the lessons there is to be learned in terms of not just farming but running a business and, and understanding that um You know, farming is a commitment. It's a huge commitment in terms of running a business. Yeah. And so um, I I just think in in a broad sense, that was probably just one of the biggest failures in the beginning was, you know, not completely understanding the business aspects behind it. But SPIN has been an incredible resource, the small plot intensive Mm
1: -hmm. farming
2: program and, and starting to understand a little bit more in terms of accounting and you know all those little logistics, but um, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest hurdle to overcome in the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you have a whole bunch of roosters in the background, don't you?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's now reaching six a.m., so the Got sun it. is about to come up, and <laughs> uh, yes,
0: yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> so, what yeah. do you consider your biggest success?
2: Oh gosh with fleet farming I think it's just been the ability to create this international community it's it's incredible how many people have reached out just wanting to donate their lawns from <laughs> from the US to Germany and Australia Philippines i mean we've been mapping it out there's over 400 people that want to start branches of fleet farming and wow i think i think the greatest success has just been able to share the story of what we've been doing and i mean that's not our doing it by any means it's been an incredible effort and shared effort of the press and our community but i think that's probably the greatest success is just showing people that fleet farming and urban farming is it's an option i think you know, we see like these posts and photos of people converting their lawns to farmlets. And there's so much negative media out there, you know, oh, this city is trying to ban front yard gardens. And this city has recently, you know, placed these restrictions and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think just being able to show that it's working is probably our greatest success to give that hope and show that it's possible. And, And and especially giving the tools now to show people right. how that they can do it in their own community. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest questions we get when somebody's starting to consider starting a ch- chapter in their own neighborhood is, oh, well, I don't know, you know, I have a homeowners association that doesn't permit gardens or my city doesn't allow front yard gardens. And right. so even starting on that that very beginning basis of showing them how they can approach their city and you know, start these conversations at a higher level about what sustainable food systems look like and how important right. it is to allow people to grow their own food. I think that's probably one of the biggest successes is
0: nice. Is
2: that. nice. Yeah.
0: So my sense is, is you're fairly young still.
2: Yeah, I'm 27
0: <laughs> and I have to know there, there's a drive behind you Yeah. that, me, you know, I'm 55 And it's been there for me since I was 15, but I don't see it, see that kind of drive around food, around young people generally. What what drives you? Like, tell us more about that.
2: You know, it's been kind of funny. I've had some really amazing mentors and influences in my life, Mm -hmm. um, including my grandfather, who very different from me, but was in the military and actually had an interesting experience in Vietnam with um, he was a part of recon missions. Wow. But you know, even though he was in the military, um, just seeing his, his servant leadership and kind of this life of service that he led.
1: Mm. And um, mm-hmm.
2: I, I really looked up to him as I got older and I developed a really close friendship relationship with him And from that, you know, started to respect that and my other mentors. So I think, you know, I've just, I've seen how the life of a servant can impact communities Mm. and what it means to be a servant. And
1: Mm.
2: for me, that's something that I I really am trying to encompass throughout my life, no matter what I do in any career that I have. And, um... You know, that when I, I helped start this market back in Orlando, Easton Market, uh, you know, I was mostly focused on marketing and communications. But developing a mission-driven marketing scheme and, you know, really putting a mission behind everything that I do that yeah. relates back to whether it's environmentalism or, um, you know, it, for me, local food has just been the way to relate to most issues, whether it's social, environmental, especially in the environmental world. I mean, everything from water, you know, pollution, energy, Mm -hmm. everything can be solved through food production and distribution systems. So, yeah, I think for me, it's just, especially in the food realm, it's this drive to make for the greater good for the greater good of the world
1: cool (laughs) always
0: yeah so I'm all about education I have to know is there one book that has been impactful for you in this process
2: actually yes I mean as most people that are working in food and farming would probably reference Wendell Berry and oh, I have yes. to give him props. I was really lucky. I got to actually serve him salad that I grew at Stetson University. He came to speak.
0: Oh my God, really?
2: 2000. Yeah.
0: Oh my so God.
2: I got to have dinner with him and serve him a salad, you know, that we got to grow ourselves from the university. Um, and I had been reading his books since high school and uh-huh. really... So, between him and then there's also Helena Norberg-Hodge, who wrote a book called Ancient Futures. And it's about her experience in Ladakh, Northwest India.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
2: Or, yeah, Northwest India. One of the places that I still hope to get to travel to in my lifetime. But um, it's all about uh, just small economies and how the effect that has on happiness.
0: Oh, nice.
2: I read this book, yeah, I read it back in, I think I was in 10th grade or so, Mm -hmm. Um, and it really changed my whole perspective on what I wanted to do with my life. I always wanted to be a marine biologist, but (laughs) it really broadened my perspective on just environmentalism and how it doesn't have to be something i don't have to be a biologist to say you've you know the planet yeah. you can there's so many other ways to go about it especially yeah. localizing economies is is a great way to start yeah so What was the, uh, wh-
0: what was the name yeah. of that book again
2: Ancient Futures by Helena Norberg-Hodge.
0: Ancient Futures. Yeah, I've heard of that book. I haven't read it yet. And
2: she has a conference now that's annual called The Economics of Happiness, which is based on uh, her nonprofit that she recently started.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: Oh, geez. Um, In terms of gardening, urban farming, or...
0: Make something up.
2: Yeah, I mean... This is
0: your, this is your platform.
2: <laughs> I think I would just say <sighs> advice to, to just keep going. You know, I, I think yeah. a lot of times in this, this world of urban farming, especially local food systems, anything in the environmental world, it's a battle. We're... We're mm. in a big battle right now. We're fighting a lot, you know, yeah, and I you know, all I can say is to not give up. we're yeah. we're all in it together, and sometimes I think it's really easy to get a little complacent and just discouraged um, maybe. yeah, a little yeah. discouraged about where where things are headed, but I think once you're in it and you can start seeing the little effects that it's having just on a day-to-day basis you know this person reaches out with an email saying oh i learned how to grow these types of tomatoes or you know like it's it's the little little things that you start to see having a really huge impact Uh and yeah for me that that's my biggest inspiration so i just encourage everybody out there to to keep to keep going and keep sharing keep sharing everything that you learn i think sometimes it's easy to just want to you know Especially with farmers, I think we like to get our hands in the dirt and oh, use that as yes, our own yes. meditation, yep, especially absolutely. me. its yeah. I really enjoy kind of using that time for myself, but it's really important to share that with others. Yeah. And, and even though it can be a challenge at times, um, yeah, it's important to keep, cool. keep sharing everything
0: we're learning. Cool. So before we wrap this up, you're in uh, Bali. Uh, yes. What is, yeah, and it's early in the day there. Uh, what's, yeah. what, what's in, and, I, and we hear, you know, we've been hearing the roosters in the background. What's, <laughs> what's your day made up of today?
2: Well, today I am actually in a town called Changu near the beach, and I'm going to be headed back to where I'm living. I'm living at a yoga ashram in a small, small town village called Abian Samal. So when I get back there, I'll be gardening and farming. There's a permaculture garden that uh, somebody started a year and a half ago that I've taken over. So I'm actually going to be transplanting sweet potato slips and spraying our homemade, you know, uh, pesticides and trying to keep all the bugs away. We're right near a river and all the bugs just really love our garden. So taking care of that, planting some flowers and um, I'm actually going to be headed to a place called the Green School, which has an amazing amazing farm called the Cool Cool Farm, K-U-L-K-U-L. Uh-huh. So if anybody out there is planning to come to Indonesia, definitely mark the Kul cool Kul cool Farm on your maps as a stop. They teach permaculture retreats, and right now they're actually running something called the Bamboo U, Bamboo University, teaching people how to grow um, bamboo and build with sustainable resources. So nice. Yeah, I'm going to be headed there for a little bit, and um, yeah, right now I'm also going to be on my computer this afternoon quite a bit, uh, consulting with some cities that are interested in expanding to uh, <laughs> The fleet farm. Yeah, so. Wow.
0: It's, you know uh, what? It's I, I am amazed and blown away and love what you're up to, so congratulations for Thank you taking so much. that on. much. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, it's it's amazing what, you know, being in this digital world, how yeah. we're able to grow this program. I never would have thought, you know, in a million years that we would have chapters in Africa and that I'd be <laughs> speaking regularly with our chapter yeah. leaders there. But, wow. um, you know, it, sometimes... The- you know, They're actually already in the six months that they've been growing way surpassed Orlando <laughs> in terms of how much they've grown mm-hmm. and just the, the number of volunteers they've wow. had. So it's really amazing. It's really a blessing to be able to share that with other people.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your thank experience you. with us today, Heather. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. Thank you. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you and find out more about fleet farming?
2: Yeah, so I can be reached uh, personally on my own website. It's BornHarvester, B-O-R-N, Harvester, B-O-R-N com, And Fleet Farming is FleetFarming.com. And we also are on Instagram and Facebook at Fleet Farming. And um, yeah, so we'd love to hear from anyone interested in starting a chapter or purchasing the... Uh, franchising toolkit as that comes out
1: mm-hmm.
2: or if you're interested in just hosting uh, education you know any type of lessons on urban farming the new badge will be out soon as well
0: nice and they can all find out all, about all of that through fleet f-l-e-e-t farming.com yes yes fantastic also if you go to urban org backslash fleet farming you will uh, come to the show notes page for this show Yay. Yeah. I love technology awesome. when it works. Well, that's <laughs> that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking. What if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444.